Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. edition of the Pajama Party. I'm one of your hosts, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello, Kettle. Hi, out there, Kettle. And red wine. Hello, Swadon. Hello. How are you? I'm sorry. Hello. Hello. Delay, delay, delay. Okay. I done had too many cocktails, I guess. <laughs> you getting the weekend started. Okay. I'm going to have to catch Let's up. Okay, come on. What you sipping on? <laughs> I don't know yet. I'll figure it out in a little while. Uh-huh. Uh, depends on what you have. Okay. Well, I'm waiting to find out what's the cocktail of the week, and then I'll make a decision. Oh, I got a good one tonight. <laughs> okay. Uh, what else? How, how you doing, Papa Diddy? I'm doing good. I'm actually doing pretty good tonight, you know. Okay. You know, usually um, you know, long day and you know, just got all kind of stuff going on. But tonight I'm actually feeling, you know, high spirited. Oh, okay. You know? Should we be afraid? Yeah, cause, uh, <laughs> be very afraid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Okay. I think uh-huh. so. All right. Well, let me kick it over to you, Papa Didi. What you gonna kick it off with tonight? Um, uh, you know that uh, student loan thing. Student loan thing is in the picture, you know. Um, and uh, Biden is taking a safe route of paying off ten thousand dollars of uh, people's loans and all, which is, uh, you know, to start. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, as they say, the Republicans don't want to do it. You know, they're in bed with big business, and they want people to keep humping and hustling. Yeah. So, you know, it's um, so interesting how these people uh, all are in a very good position being a congressman or a senator, and their children will be in great positions in life to get free shit mm-hmm. and whatever. But they always want to deny anything that has to do with uh, small-time people trying to do small-time things. So the question tonight is, uh, what do you think about the Republicans that are trying to uh, – Knock that down, although, although uh, Biden's going to sign off on it, you know. Yeah, it won't be much. He's going to do a, di- a direct executive move. So we think about the people always trying to change anybody from trying to do something halfway decent. Well, I- I'll jump in first. I think those Republicans really need to just stop blocking stuff because the reality is that their constituents are also stuck behind the eight ball with these student loans. So, you know, when you're so busy trying to fight against anything that a Democrat is trying to do, you're also hurting your own constituents. 
So they need to back up off of that. And also on the topic of student loans, I feel like, it, to me, that 10000 like you said, that's a start. But part of the issue is the interest. Because any time that they give you the option to say, I want to put my loan in forbearance for a year, they do that, and they'll allow you to do it, but the interest is still accumulating. So is that really helping? All that does is add up more interest, and, yeah, it keeps you from having to make the payment, but the interest is what's kicking you in the butt. You could start out with a loan for, say, 30000 and by the time you finish with the forbearances and the delays and uh, you don't have to pay it as long as you're in school and all of that crap, that 30000 can easily turn into a hundred and some thousand. And the interest on that is through the roof. So I think part of the issue is the, rest- is the necessity to restructure how they do the interest. Because when you pay on it, you're paying interest. Barely anything on those payments goes toward the principal. The majority of your payment, just like any other loan, the majority of your payment goes to the interest. Yeah. So you be paying on that thing until you're in the ground. So you're saying it didn't need to be more specific speculation on how that money should go to the uh, institutions, what they should do. Yeah, I think there needs to be some other way. Like, if you're going to get forbearance, they need to put the brakes on the interest, too. If you say, okay, you've got a problem going on, something in your family, something in your life, you lost your job, whatever. If you allow people to say you don't have to make payments on your loan for 12 months, then the interest should stop accruing for that 12 months, too. And then when your loan goes back into regular payment mode, then start the interest up again. But this thing of interest just keeps ticking no matter what. It's just ridiculous. I mean, it starts to put it like in a mafia loan situation. So that's my opinion on it. Sure. What do you think about it, Kev? Um, I, like Papa said, I think it's a good start when he's introducing this. I mean, has it passed or... Is it something you've introduced in the bill or something, uh, Papa? Uh. I believe it's a done deal. Personally, I don't. I didn't see anything stopping it or slowing it down. You know, and, uh, I mean, because they can mm-hmm. do stuff from they can get that money from FEMA or whatever. They cool. can call it something different, you know, and and get it out. Because even when somebody files for a national disaster, you know, like mm-hmm. Texas just had that big flood, then they, you know, they scoop up money like that. So. I'm sure it could come out of some kind of slush fund because there's a lot of uh, taxes being paid. There's a bunch of taxes being paid. Believe me, taxes are major. <laughs> okay, right. Everybody's paying taxes. So that, that tax money that the government gets is large, and it right. goes in a lot of places. So, but, Well, maybe the um, the um, millionaires out here need to step up to the plate and start writing some stuff off. I mean, you know, help these kids with these loans and stuff, you know. Or they could put into a fund where the um, president's talking about, you know, it could be $10 million. I mean, shit, that's a drop in the bucket to these millionaires and write it off. You know, create that yeah, fund. I mean, so we won't pull from somewhere else as far as, you know, some city stuff that we might need. You know, um, that would help as well. But, uh, I tell you, know, you what, I mean, 
Mm-hmm. How about we get it from wherever they're getting all that money to send over to the Ukraine? Yeah, tell me about it. That's a defense fund. And what is you? And what is Ukraine doing with that money anyway? I don't know. See what I'm saying? They'll be pocketing shit. I mean, we need help over here. Like, we, you know, everybody keeps saying. <clears throat> and so, I don't know. Well, that's just how the world okay. go around, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Well, let's get into the rundown and get into it for this Friday night. Oh, and by the way, we're not taking any calls tonight, so just sit back and enjoy the show. Uh, over All to right. you, Kevin. All right. All right. We're going to start with our In Focus. Um, Brianna Taylor again. Case shows cops can be charged for lying. Wow. Also, Texas judge blocks HHS guidance on emergency abortion care. And jury orders L.A. County to pay $31 million in the Kobe Bryant privacy case. Also, our cocktail of the week. I got a good one tonight. What's popping with Papa Of course, we have to lighten it up with our weird news. A surgeon at Israel Hospital pulls cockroach out of a woman's ear. Also, airplane fails. I'm sorry, airplane falls from sky, nearly hits man in Maine. And a red panda found in a fig tree after escaping Australian zoo. I'm just saying with red wine, stop trying to uh, devalue us. Also, living for the city with Papa Didi, my Hollywood wrap-up, and the kiss it list, and, of course, the last word. So we're going to sit back, relax, and get your favorite cocktail, and we're going to get into this um, this in focus. So, uh, All right. All right. Is it over to me? I think, uh, yeah, back to you again, Kevin. You're up first. Why well, have to be first? You, you, you go, Red Wine. You, you take it first. Okay. All right. I'll go first. Let's see. Let's see. I got the Texas judge blocks a um, health and human service guidelines on emergency abortion care. Uh A federal judge in Texas has blocked the Biden administration from enforcing guidance which says that providers who perform abortions in emergency situations are protected under federal law, regardless of any state ban. The HHS issued the guidance back in July following the Supreme Court's landmark decision to overturn the constitutional right to an abortion solidified in the Roe v. Wade case. Now, the Texas officials quickly filed lawsuits challenging the guidance. So now the Federal Emergency Medical Treatment and the Labor Act, uh, also known as the EMTALA, was designed to prevent hospitals from turning away patients based on their ability or inability to pay. But it has become a flashpoint in the uh, rolling fight over abortion access across the country sparked by the Supreme Court's decision in Dobbs versus Jackson, a women's health organization back in uh, June. So the ruling has paved the way for more than a dozen states to restrict or enact total bans on the abortion procedure. And, of course, you know, Texas being Texas, 
they passed a law banning most abortions after six weeks with no exceptions. So they're saying they don't care if it's rape, if it was incest, it doesn't matter. If it's after six weeks, they're saying no. You can't have an abortion for no reason at all. And they immediately challenged the guidance that was uh, the preemptive strike against everything that the government was trying to do to make sure that uh, abortions remain accessible nationwide. So this ruling was issued just days before a trigger ban in Texas is scheduled to go into effect, which would toughen punishments on people who perform abortions in the state. So they're trying to arrest the people who perform these procedures and, you know, have them to the point now they're scared to do their job. Even if it's a situation, like I said, if it was in a rape, if it was incest, if it was where, like there was a case uh, about a week or so ago where a woman had, uh, what is it, um, what is the thing, ultrasound, I guess it was an ultrasound, and they determined that the, the baby that she was carrying was deformed, I mean grossly deformed, and would not live outside the uterus. She wanted to have it have the, uh, you know, have the pregnancy terminated, but she lived in a state where it was now against the law. So she was forced to carry this baby who was in some ways dead, and they wouldn't let her, you know, the law said, too bad. You got to carry it to term. Now, what kind of stuff is that? But this is the kind of stuff that these laws are forcing, situations like that. Uh, that other case where it was a, what was it, a 12-year-old girl that was in the news? 12-year-old girl had been raped and was pregnant and could not get the abortion in the state where she was. So her family had to carry her into another state just so she could have the abortion. But because she was a resident of a state where it was illegal, the state was trying to prosecute the doctor in another state for performing the procedure. I mean, it just it's like, I hate to use Trump's word, but now it's becoming a witch hunt. You know, they're just going after folks like, oh, you went ahead and did it? Oh, you trying to get one? We're coming after you. They don't seem to understand that for a woman to make that decision to say, I'm going to terminate this pregnancy, from, I can't speak for all women, but I would say for most women, that's not a decision that you come to lightly. That's something that stays with you emotionally for the rest of your life. So it's not like, you know, you just go, oh, I'm just going to do this and move on with my life. Yeah, you got to move on, but that's not something you just do without thought. And they need to stop treating it like it's, you know, it has no impact. So that's what's going on with that. That's a lot. And I don't, it, it sounds like the state is trying to regulate what a woman can do, and that's not right. I mean, that's what, you know, women out there fighting, you know, today and in the past for us to be able to make our own decision, not you, the state. And then on top of that, exactly. you're going to come after you and try to prosecute mm-hmm. Go somewhere and sit your asses down. That's what the hell y'all exactly. need to do. That's that um, simple abbot. Governor Avin and his cronies. Oh, and while oh. I'm on the topic of Texas being off the hook, Texas also sent five more busloads of migrants to New York again. 
he's just really, really trying to piss off the mayor of um, of New York. And the mayor of New York is, you know, had previously said that he designated New York as a, um, oh gosh, what do they call it? A something state where, you know, if you're a migrant, immigrant, or whatever, you can come to New York. Yeah, one mm-hmm. of those. Um, I, uh, gosh, I can't think of what it's called. But mm-hmm. he had previously said that, and that's why yeah. Governor Abbott in Texas is part of why he's doing this. Because he's, now he's saying, oh, now you want help from the government. Now you whining and crying. Talk is cheap. You know, you said all of that before about Texas, New York being a arms open wide state, but now you you know basically saying now you bitching. So I'm saying, look, that mayor up there in New York is not one to be toyed with. Abby gonna keep on. You already in a wheelchair, brother. You better chill out. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Uh, mayor Adams, that's his name in New York. He better wow. stop messing with Mayor Adams. I know yeah. that's right. I mean, you you dealing with folks in New York, you know they got mafia connections. You don't want to. Hey. I'm like, uh, you got no, a no. black mayor in New York? You better go somewhere and sit down. <laughs> well, he's already sitting down. <laughs> he uh, better go. You better go somewhere uh, with that stuff. Mm, mm, mm. You had a comment, Poppy? Are you quiet over there? Uh, no, it's just. Uh... I understand. I mean, you know, Abbott is just doing stuff off the cuff, you know, and yeah. I just think that, uh, you know, people just got to stop doing that. That's just not the way it is today because when, mm-hmm. you, when you go off the cuff, it's hard like a lot of people are doing. Trump is teaching everybody to go off the cuff, and, you know, you got to worry about the bring back because he does more double talk. Now he's mm-hmm. trying to make an excuse for, you know, taking that stuff to Mar-a-Lago as an example. Oh, yeah. You should have mm-hmm. took it from the beginning. Now you're trying to say, well, they had no right coming to get it. Well, you had no right taking it. And, mm-hmm. you know, some, some people on some interview talking about, well, those were my papers. Yeah, sure they were. Like, mm-hmm. No, they were not yours. See, he was in a real control mode big time, you know, having connections everything, you know. But uh, I'm just talking about something relative to uh, what we were talking about. But um, other than that, um, that situation... But that Texas thing is just Abbott's just off the chain. He really is. He really is. He don't care about nothing. But it's all gonna come back. He need to worry about them damn floods he got and where they are on the on the on the on the drift line when it comes to different floodings and backups and all kind of stuff they have. Disasters is going on up in there. Houston flooded out, Dallas is flooding out. All these places is flooding out, you know, and they, he's worried about immigrants and all. I don't understand how people are so concerned about immigrants now when that's been the that's been the law of the land. You know, people have been oh my God. You could talk to one of your best foreign friends that are forty years old when they grandmama came over here. Yeah. And that could be a very good friend of yours. So. All right. We're gonna kick it back over to you, Kettle. You ready now? Uh, yes, ma'am, I am. All right. All right. Come on. Um Brianna Taylor, she's back in the news. It's been a minute. Um, this case shows cops can be charged by lying in search uh, warrants. The first conviction for the police killing of Brianna Taylor more than two years ago is expected on Tuesday uh, when former Louisville, Kentucky detective Kelly Goodlett 
plans to plead guilty to federal charges. Wow, he's going away for a minute. For helping falsify the warrant that led to the botched raid in Taylor's home. Wow, finally. Dropping the mic. Um, until yeah. this month, the only person to face charges in the connection of the March um, 2020 raid and until his killing was former Detective Brett Hackinson. He was one of three officers who fired shots into Taylor's home. Hackinson was charged with endangering a neighbor, wow, a neighbor, not her, not Brianna's uh, killing, during mm-hmm. the uh, barricade of gunfire. Yeah, rather than for anything related to Taylor's death. He was acquitted in the case in March. Wow. I'm quite sure they went after him, maybe her civil rights. Hopefully they did. Right. Uh, the extraordinary decision to charge police officers for lying to obtain a search warrant in, in such a high-profile case also sets a prominent example for other state and federal law enforcement to follow. Yes, finally. Goodlett is expected to plead guilty to conspiracy for agreeing to falsify state in a warrant affidavit that Detective Joshua Jans Verified that the target of investigation received packages at Taylor's address. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. It goes on to say the U.S. Postal Inspector later contradicted their account in local news reports, which prompted a nighttime meeting in uh, Jane's garage. The um, Justice Department said Goodlett and James agreed to get on the same page during that meeting and later lied to investigators to cover up their previous deception. Wow, according to the charging document. Man, mm. ain't getting their day in court. Finally. Thank yeah, you, son. That's how they do. They got together and lied and then couldn't keep the lies uh-huh. straight. Wow. I guess they were getting scared. They get close to the truth. You know, get closer and closer to them. It was point. I guess the finger was being pointed at them. So they were the common denominator, seemed like. Wow. Yeah. Now, I'm waiting to see, you know, what's going to happen now. It's like, okay, you're going to plead guilty, but right. then what? How long are you going up the creek? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be real interesting to see that. So, that's that on that story. The they should throw him I under the bus, under the jail, because they need to set an example. So all these other cops that are out here doing dirt, like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they need to see the example of this is what happens when you start conspiring right. to do stuff against people and you know you're wrong. Mm-hmm. But they they covered it up because, hey, they you know, it was a boo-boo. You know, they made a mistake. Instead of stepping up to the plate and say we made a mistake, and then the family can go ahead on and bury this woman, and then they could get money from the state. You lied. Now it's worse. It's a federal offense. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it has snowballed. Okay, how about that? That's that's the key thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so we'll see what's going to happen. All right. I said on that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there will be more to come on that one. All right. Over to you, Papa Didi. What's your in focus for tonight? Oh, man. Um, finally got a verdict in that trial with uh, with uh, Vanessa Williams. Uh, I mean, Vanessa Bryant, excuse me. 
the jury ordered L.A. County to pay $31 million to Kobe Bryant's uh, wife on the uh, crash photos that was shared by the uh, deputies and all the law enforcement, firemen, first responders and all. They were just having a, mm. a good old time. And it was so disgusting. She went in. And I'm glad that she was conscious enough to go in because, you know, with her situation right now, I can honestly say this woman's probably worth about $600 million, you know, Ooh. based on, you know, Kobe's income and his self-worth and all his, everything he had going on, his his brand, period, you know, the black Mumba, Mumba and all, all that, all, all that. So anyway, I'm glad that she has the wherewithal enough to uh, still continue to pursue interests that have to do with her respect and her privacy. Despite, because some people could be super rich and stuff would just go by and they'd be out there. But she didn't want the kids in the future. Like she said in her statement, she didn't want her little baby that don't know anything, you know, that's, I don't know what, a year old or something like that, to grow up and that stuff is floating on the Internet. So she's trying to shut it down, which is hard to shut down them photos on the Internet or Instagram, wherever stuff people put stuff at anyway. But the jury... Wednesday, they ordered uh, Los Angeles County to pay Vanessa Bryant, widow of Lakers star Kobe Bryant, and another man $31 million in damages for the graphic photos sheriff, deputies, and firefighters took of a 2020 helicopter crash scene that killed Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven other individuals. Okay, in reaching the verdict, after only a few hours of deliberations, juries made it clear they did have been um, persuaded by attorneys for uh, Bryant and Chris Chester, who argued that uh, illicit photos of the crash victims' bodies had violated their client's right to privacy and inflicted emotional distress and other things. Chester, the gentleman Chris Chester, he lost his wife Sarah and, and daughter Peyton in the crash. So everybody's suffering, you know. I know they're making this... Uh, case seemed like it's just a Kobe Bryant thing, but, you know, we got to have sympathy for everybody in that helicopter that day, even the, even the pilot, you know. So I think the pilot was sued or the helicopter company was sued for a wrongful death situation for not checking the weather and all that jazz. So all this after the fact, but, you know, everybody perished. So you really can't get deep on the situation with the pilot. You gotta give everybody a break on that. Jury's awarded Brian sixteen million and Chester fifteen million for the uh stress that they found and two already suffered over the photos of which uh going forward as the verdict was read, Bryant cried and her head bowed as she folded her her, her head in her hands in a praying position. So, you know, this is a, a victory, you know, for, for her to shut people down, you know, to know that nobody's above the law. And sometimes people need to keep their phones in their pocket. I mean, to be up there, you know, to have the ability to be a first responder and be close to the scene like that, you know, that's just, that's a level of where you have to, you know, you got to keep your composure. You you can't be thinking like, oh, wow, let me, you know, let me. Yeah, let me take a picture. I mean, come on. Really, you know, come That's on. That's so juvenile. Why are you gross? You know, well, 
What are you doing? Who are you sending to? And then who they send it to? Because everybody you send it to ain't, don't have the same mindset. You know, and we know that with just people, period, you know? Who's who and what's what? You know, everybody got a different reaction towards stuff, so... That was just very interesting, and I'm, I'm glad. I applaud the fact that uh, the jury saw that, and now, you know, L.A. County's caught with their pants down, mm-hmm. and now they're paying out damn near, wow, six and five is one, at least $30 million between them, and hopefully that money is distributed. Yes, $31 amongst, million. Amongst everybody, everybody who's involved, every family member that's involved in that and their family members and just, you know, Try to put some financial solace in that whole situation because it's such a tragedy. Well, it sounds like it's only benefiting those two families, Chester and and uh, the Bryants. Yeah, well, I hope I hope that the, I hope that both those families would be have a you know a mindful thought process for every everybody involved. You know, because that's a lot of money and it can go a long way. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to take the place of your loved ones, but. At least there can be some solace to put people in a better position, living, transportation, or whatever it is they need, however they they like to set up college, whatever they want to do, the ability to travel or whatever. Yeah, that would be nice if they, you know, gave the other victim families at least a million each. Now, I'm I'm sure something will come down the pipe. I don't I don't think that, like I said, she's she's definitely not hurting for money by no stretch of the imagination. Not to mention all the solid friends that she has from, you know, Kobe's legacy. Yep, that's all true. every basketball player on the planet, mm-hmm. from Michael Jordan on down. So. Anyway. Yeah. And his 44th birthday would have been yesterday. one day this week? Yesterday. I mean, uh, yeah, one day. Well, no, not yesterday. Uh, today's Friday. One so, day this uh, week, right? Yeah, it was, was still Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. Did they do something special? Yep. Or? I don't know. They just announced it, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. All the news was doing something, I'm sure. I know, uh, I know. I read he would have been 44. 44, yeah. Born in 1978. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Happy yeah. heavenly and birthday, Coach. Yeah, and I see um, she's been getting a lot of support, too, um, from uh, singer Sierra and uh, Monica. Oh, yeah, they're pretty tight. So, um, they oh, walked okay. in the court with her the other day. Um, I said, "Wow, that's pretty cool." You know, at least you oh, yeah. can she, see who her support is, her support system is. So that's pretty good. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Okay. I think we need a cocktail after this. Yes, please. Two, if you don't mind. <laughs> Uh, you gonna get two cocktails? Oh boy! Mm. Yeah, I'll make it a double. What you got for us this oh. week? Um, this one is called the Ghost Spicy Margarita. Margarita. Mm. So, the Ghost Margarita is one and a half ounces of Ghost Tequila. Hey, hello. Never heard that one before. Sounds pretty good, though. Nice and crisp Sounds and clean. Hey, why not? Um, a half an ounce of agave nectar, three-fourth ounces of lime juice, 
um, salt and lime wheel. So we're going to add um, the salt rim by rubbing, you know, the edge of the glass, the rock glass with lime and uh, dunking into the salt. Pour the ghost tequila, agave, nectar, and lime juice into a shaker and add ice. Um, shake and strain into a rock glass filled with fresh ice and garnish with a lime wheel and just enjoy. And you can put a little ghost cup up there if you want. <laughs> they get spicier, but the um, the ghost tequila, I'm quite sure, is spicy enough. It's called the ghost spicy margarita. Mm-hmm. So when they say ghost tequila, I'm guessing that that ghost tequila has ghost peppers <laughs> in it. I'm quite sure, yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I haven't yeah. heard of that one before. Mm-hmm. I said I had a good one for you tonight. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. wee. Okay, well, thank you for the, the spicy <laughs> margarita. All right. All right, that's brought to you by Kettle and our parent company, DC Homegrown Entertainment. Y'all check them out at dchomegrown.com. All right, we're down to Papa Didi, and what's Papa? We're going to see what Papa Didi has for us tonight. He always has something popping, so uh, come on in here, Papa Didi. What's popping tonight? Oh, wow, let's see. Let's see, let's see, let's see. A couple things. One, if you notice a new trend today in life with people is uh, pleading guilty. All of you watching the news, everybody's pleading guilty. Started back with the people at the January 6th trial and all that jazz. Everybody pleading guilty, pleading guilty, pleading guilty. Because for one, most people plead guilty when they don't have answers for what they're being accused of. Okay? And for two, when it comes to the state or the government, if you cost them money and they go in, they're going hard. Now, the reason why they're pleading guilty in some cases is because some people don't have a criminal record, okay? Now, if you don't have a criminal record, the first thing that's going to happen when it comes to you being sentenced, they have what's called sentencing guidelines, all right? Anybody gets accused for any crime or convicted of any crime is subject to what's called sentencing guidelines. That shows what you've done in your life. What's your record? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How clean your record is. And you'll be sentenced according to how much you have, you know, got a black eye on your, on your life. So some of these cops know they have no criminal record. So therefore, they'll, they'll, get the, they'll bid for the lowest thing they can get. But they definitely don't want to go on TV because most court cases are going to go on TV. And they know that some of these prosecutors will eat them alive. So if you plead guilty, you're not going to be on the stand. You're not going to be on TV. You're not going to be on anything. And you'll be judged by the sentencing guidelines that have to do with where your life is right now. That's the reason why people are pleading guilty like they are. Another thing is um, I want to speak on is for people, if you get the opportunity, I know we got a lot going on. But people really got to slow their life down for a minute. You know? I mean, I mean that sincerely. I mean, I've had the opportunity over the past few weeks to be working on a project. 
and work on this project every day and kind of just paying attention to that project has allowed me to observe the world from another point of view. I saw the incident today, as a matter of fact. I was in a line to make a left-hand turn. And I was trying to catch the train, so I was kind of in a rush a little bit, I guess. You know, wasn't desperate. But I was like three cars to make the left. And the, the traffic coming straight away has the right away, you know. So they're coming and coming. So two cars are already in the intersection. So when the light turned, you know, green no more, the two cars that were preparing to turn, they turned, and I was next in line, but the light was red, so I stopped and didn't make the left-hand turn. You know, now I could have took it, you know, being I was, you know, destined to catch the train. But I left alone and chilled right there at the intersection and waited for the light to turn green again to make my left. But ironically, when I made the left, I go down to the very next corner, I'm at a stop signal, and I'm looking at somebody else in the same scenario I was making a left from another intersection where I was stopped at a stoplight. And this person was like the third car like I was at the intersection further down after I made my left. And they're blowing the horn like crazy at the two cars in front of them to go before the light changed. It was in the exact same scenario I was at the previous corner. But this person was like, telling the two cars that as soon as this car go by, you know, go. So when it's like changed, I can make my left. The same scenario I had two seconds ago, somebody was in it, but they were completely impatient, blowing their horn and losing their mind. So the moral of the story is this here. First of all, if the light catch you, it's going to catch you. I don't give a damn, you know? And the life you save may be your own, you know? I was in a situation today again, and this is deep because I just fall into situations. And all of it is just material for the show, so I appreciate it. <laughs> I come out of the parking space, and this little boy came out the house. I saw his other family members going across the street to the car before I pulled off. And when I pulled off, I saw he was the last one to come out the house. And I just slowed down because I saw the little kid, obviously little kid, about 9, 10 years old. I saw him about to cross the street there, and I just kind of stopped and slowed down, you know, to see if he seen me and we can meet eyes. and But he came out and went right across the street. Mm. He was more eager to his mother and his sister across the street in the car there. You know, they're in the back seat and all that jazz. He's the last one out, you know, I, don't, I guess somebody was there to lock the door or whatever their family situation is. But I stopped, and and he just walked right out in front of me because he kind of didn't see me because I came out of a parking space and sat on the street. And it's just so ironic, like I was saying, slow down for a minute and observe your life on all four sides for a minute. I know we got a lot going on. I know we got a lot to do. I know we got deadlines and everything like that, but please, when you leave out in the morning, slow down. Look both ways. Proceed with caution. When you get to an intersection, see what's happening. You know what I mean? Roll with a little bit of little finesse. Give yourself a week at this. You know, and even at the crib. When you're at the crib for a minute, cool out at the crib. See what you're doing. What you got going on? What time is it? Time yourself on what it is you got to do. If it's 8 o'clock and you got to do something by 10 o'clock, you know, pace yourself. 
But just jumping up and just jumping into it and bing, 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 you look up and you say, what time is it? Oh, oh my God, it's 2.30. Well, how did 10 o'clock turn into 2.30? Because you ain't been paying attention to the fucking clock. That's how it turned to 2.30. But if you are watching a clock and watching your life and handling your business and taking your time, you will see 11 turn to 11.30, 11.30 turn to 12, and 12 turn into 1. But if you look up and all of a sudden it's three, then you run. You're moving too damn fast. And when you say time got away from you, no, you got away from time. I'm gonna leave it at that. Lee, that's something to think about. Say so you got away from time, not the other way around, huh? Okay. I hear. You. I, I've experienced that in the last couple of days, so I, I I know what you mean. Slow down mm-hmm. and pay attention Slow to what down. you're doing at hand. Yeah, yeah. You're right. <clears throat> I had to, I had to yeah. calm myself down. I had to tell myself, to, wait a minute, just slow down, you know. Concentrate yeah. on what you're doing. Right. So, hey, I can relate. Like what you got going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I hear you. I know mm-hmm. sometimes I get caught up in multitasking. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can get away with that. But if something really needs your concentration, you can't multitask and do it well. If you really need to focus on something, you need to put everything else aside, focus on that task, and get it done. If it's just something that doesn't really matter, okay, fine, juggle and do all other stuff at the same time. But if it really needs your attention, you need to just say, hey, put your phone on silent, turn the TV off, focus Mm -hmm. on what you need to do. And then you can get it done a lot faster. And do the project. Whatever project, where you clean the bathroom or whatever. You know, I mean, there's two aspects of cleaning, tidying up and actually cleaning. Mm-hmm. Figure out what you're going to do. You're going to tidy up the bathroom, then, you know, spit, squish, 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 squish. If you're going to clean that monkey, take all that shit in there out in the hallway or out in another room and clean that monkey. I know for me, if I'm doing some kind of project, the only thing worse for me is if I have to do it again because I rushed through it and Mm -hmm. I didn't get it right or I messed something up and now it's all screwed up and now i got to go back and take my time, go through the notes, go through the instructions and figure out, all right, where did I mess this up? And now, you know, when it's all said and done, then you sit back and go, now how much time did I waste having to redo this to figure it out, to see where I messed up, whereas if I had just focused and gotten it done and taken my time the first time, I could have knocked that out in, like, what, half the time Mm -hmm. and moved on to the next thing. But trying to juggle three, four balls at one time, thinking, I got this, that's how stuff gets messed up. And it pisses me off when I realize that and have to go back and redo. I hate redoing. I'd rather get it right the first time. Anyway, all right, we're going to move on. Where are we going? We're going to lighten it up? Lighten it up. Now that we've all been disciplined, we've all been disciplined, I'll slow you behind down. It's time to get weird, and I got a weird one for you. A woman in her 70s arrived at the emergency department complaining about a loud noise and tingling sensation and irritation in her ear. Dr. Whoa. I'm going to say Dr. W because I know I'm going to mess his name up. Dr. W was on duty 
And even though the patient was not a child, because this man was a pediatric doctor, even though this woman was 70 years old, she came to see him, and after he questioned her, he realized that she apparently had some kind of insect in her ear that had settled in on her eardrum. Now, he says this is a rare phenomenon, that the standard treatment usually begins with pouring an anesthetic liquid into the ear that would kill the bug and ease the pain. But the patient said she was sensitive to anesthetics, so it was impossible for him to do the usual treatment. So what he did was insert a tiny camera into her ear canal where he could see a live cockroach. Thanks to his extensive experience, he was able to pull out the live cockroach on the first try, despite opposition from the cockroach. That joker was trying to stay in there. He got the cockroach out on the first try. All this was done without anesthesia, and the patient didn't move, despite the pain and the loud sound of the bug's wings on her eardrum. And the doctor said the woman came to him in the emergency room with a complaint about four days ago uh, that an insect had gotten in her ear. And despite the situation, she managed to remain calm. Had she not been so calm, he doubts very much that he would have been able to get that bug out of her ear without anesthesia. Hmm. So there you go. Cockroach in the ear. And he went on to talk about how, you know, when this kind of stuff happens, if they don't get it out, you could end up losing your hearing in that ear. Uh, some people end up behaving in psychotic ways because apparently that, that movement of the wings of the bug are, is so loud because it's right on your eardrum that it can make mm. you actually like almost lose your mind. You know, it's oh. like having something very, 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 very loud right in your ear all the time or off and on, and you can't make it stop because you can't get rid of it. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's some weird stuff. So watch yourself. If you start feeling some (laughs) tingling and noise in your ear, you better get to the emergency room because it might be a cockroach. Just saying. Mm Mm-mm. All right. All right. What you got, Papa Didi? Oh, I'm up. Yeah, you up. Well, this is deep, too. This happened in uh, Augusta, Maine. Oh, come on with it. I got in Augusta, Georgia. I ain't in Augusta, Maine. Augusta, Maine. Oh, Augusta's everywhere. A plane parked far from the sky and nearly hit a man in Maine. This is a metal object believed to have fallen from a uh, transatlantic jet. Came crashing down outside the Maine State House. Wow. All right. Landing with a loud bang just feet from a Capitol Police worker, officials said Monday. Now, the Federal Aviation Administration was alerted Friday and returned to the State House on Monday as it investigated the object. Mm. Capitol Police Chief Matthew Clancy said that uh, the metal hit with a loud bang on a, on a slab of granite which lines a uh, cobblestone walkway about six to eight feet from a security screener. It came close to hitting the building itself, he said. He said it definitely shook him. Now, I don't even know, was he even there? 
I guess this uh, chief wanted to be part of the story. He said it definitely shook him, the chief said. He was walking back to the building and got quite a wake-up call. So, anyway, they're saying that um, it weighed about six or seven pounds, didn't hit nobody, and uh, made a dent in the cement or a crack in the cement. And uh, they they uh, notified the planes and everything, the airports in the area, to be on the lookout, but nobody had a problem landing or taking off or whatever, but... Nobody's admitting what plane it fell off of, you know. That's what I was waiting to read to see what plane. That's the question. What plane, what flight number, Mm -hmm. who lost the part? Somebody had to repair that plane to put that part back on. Mm -hmm. So somebody knows what plane that fell off, but they're not telling. Okay. There must have been no serial number or anything on it, so it must have just been a flap that is undotted unidentifiable, but I'm sure they can look it up and see the color and whatever, or Southwest Airlines printed on it or something. You know, some passenger was sitting on the plane looking out the window and saw something fall off and went, what the hell? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, down to you, Kevin. What's your weird news? All right. A red panda was found in a fig tree after escaping the Australian zoo. It's in Wellington, New Zealand. A red panda has spent two days on the uh, on the lamb after escaping from an Australian zoo was recaptured Sunday after he was spotted hanging out in a fig tree nearby a park. His name is oh, Ravi, yeah. seven years old. A seven-year-old panda had arrived at uh, a Delaide Zoo last week after he was brought in from another zoo with hopes that he would pair with a female red panda named Mishri. Um, but by Friday, Ravi was gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he went back to his old, his, his, his ex, maybe. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. The zoo director, uh, Phil, told Australian Broadcasting Corp that zookeepers spent Sunday trying to entice Ravi down from the fig tree with some of his favorite foods, including bamboo, sweet corn. Couldn't do Ah. it. So in the end, they fired a tranquilizer dart. So they said, we used a couple of different dart devices, finally got a dart into him, and then just had to wait about 15 minutes just for the drug to uh, take effect. Ravi then fell into the blankets of zookeepers who were waiting beneath the tree. Okay. <laughs> hey, that's messed up. They mm-hmm. shot Ravi, and then they stood there and waited to see when Ravi was going to pass out. Hey, usually those things are pretty fast. They made it, had to wait 15 minutes. I'm like, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Ravi well, might have been a, a big guy. I'm not sure. They, they should have <laughs> hit him with some cannabis. Oh, boy, here you go. <laughs> He would have come uh, on down. I bet he would, very slowly, huh? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that wraps up our weird news. And, again, we're not taking any calls tonight. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, we're going to keep it moving. Where are we now, Papa Didi? Um, I'm just saying. Oh, Okay. 
All right. Well, you ready to go? I'm always ready. Born ready, stay ready. Red wine, y'all. Would uh, I'm just. Okay, I'm just saying tonight. Stop trying to devalue us. And this is talking about the housing and appraisal situation. Now, it's been a known fact for quite some time that some home appraisers, and I'm not saying all, but some home appraisers, usually some that are Caucasian, have been known to undervalue homes owned by black people. Uh, you know, giving them a lower appraisal value than you would give the same house if it was owned by a white family. And that's been documented. So, you know, don't send us hate mail saying we're being racist. I'm speaking what has been documented, okay? So now, Marsha Fudge, who is the Secretary of HUD, Housing and Urban Development Agency, uh, has brought this to the attention of President Biden, And President Biden, I think it was a year ago, put some kind of coalition or something together to really examine this whole situation. So it looks like, you know, something is finally going to be done to try to straighten this out. But, you know, so many homeowners have been reporting that when white appraisers come to their home to conduct an appraisal, and again, not all, it has been some, that they have, it's the ones who only stay for 10 or 15 minutes. Now, when you come to appraise somebody's house, you really have to examine the whole house. you got to go around to the rooms and look at the, measure the house, look at the square footage, look at the, you know, whatever amenities and improvements and all of that. It's kind of hard to do that in 10 or 15 minutes. So usually it's the appraisers who only spend 10 or 15 minutes in the house and then say, all right, i got everything I need. That's creating a problem. So when these kind of appraisers come, they're the ones who give these low appraisal amounts. And then when the homeowner reaches out to another appraisal company and you get somebody who actually spends 30 to 45 minutes up to an hour to really check out the house, you know, they go and look at the roof. They look at everything. Then you get more of an honest appraisal, which is the way it should be. And the difference in these appraisals sometimes can be 50000 and up. That's a huge difference. When you're trying to sell your house and an appraiser is telling you, oh, your house is only worth X amount, but you know it's worth Y amount, but now you can't put it on the market for the amount you want because you don't have an appraisal that would substantiate that. So that's why it's important. And the other reason it's important, according to uh, Marsha Fudge at HUD, she's explaining that this has to do with generational wealth for black families. If you have property and you're trying to pass that property down to your children or to your grandchildren, whatever the case, you need to have the accurate value of that property so that they are actually receiving what they should be receiving when you hand it down. So... I'm just saying, stop trying to devalue us. We just need stuff to be fair. Now, there's also been stories on the news over the last, what, couple of years that people have really been reporting it, saying that when they took all the pictures and personal effects out of their house and they were not there and had the appraiser come in and do the appraisal, if the appraiser could not identify that the house 
was owned by a black family, they got a higher appraisal. But when they turned around and did it again and left all their family pictures of grandma and the kids and this and that, they got a lower appraisal. So that just proves the point. People are appraising who owns the house, not the house itself. And that's not right. I'm just saying, stop trying to devalue us. Why don't you look at the house? Stop looking at the people. Some of these appraisers come in and they're, first of all, they're pissed that some black folks have some of these fabulous homes. They come in and they see you got all these rooms, all this space, nice this and nice that, and they look at it and go, hmm, I ain't giving these Negroes any, per, you know, high appraisal value. So they lowball you with some number and say, all right, that's all I'm giving you. And they think they're doing something. Like you can't go get a second opinion. And that's what people do. Some people have had to sue appraisers to get stuff right. Why do we always got to deal with stuff like this? Why do we have to get an attorney involved to just get what anybody else would get by default? We got to fight for every dang on thing. People get tired of this stuff. You know, like uh, who was that said in the color purple? All my life I had to fight. Why we got to fight all the dang on time? Just do your job. If you are a licensed appraiser, do your daggone job. Stop trying to undervaluate us. This is Red Wide, and I'm just saying these undervaluating, cheating appraisers that are in cahoots with the banks and the realtors, y'all need to stop this stuff. Do your job. Stop trying to devalue us because no matter what kind of injustice or whatever you try to throw at us, like Dr. Maya Angelou said, still we will rise. So y'all need to get over yourself. Good. Very good, very good, very good. It's just frustrating. You shouldn't yeah, have to go is. through all these get somebody to give you an accurate appraisal. You know, they should be looking at the comp the comparable values of the houses. They should be able to look at, you know, how many rooms, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, is the roof in good shape. You know, look at all the stuff and then say, All right, so based on that, your house is worth X number of dollars. Period. Don't hate mm-hmm. just because black folk got a million-dollar house or a $500,000 house. I don't care if it's a $100,000 house. If that's what it is, that's what it is. Don't give a different value when it's a white family versus a black family. Man, come on with that bull. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox. Papa <laughs> All right. Let me take a sip, calm down, cool down, cool down. All right, Papa Didi, living for the city. What's happening in the city? A lot. I think, you know, what you were saying, though, just to ride on that for a second, is that that, that aspect of uh, lack of or less than, it goes with everything we do as black people, you know? Mm-hmm. We're going to a restaurant, man. We're getting, you know, we're not getting it. It's almost like people are saving stuff for the for white folks. And pawn off everything. I've gone through toll booths and gotten back horrible money. You know, give somebody twenty and they give me back eight dollars, and the money just looks wore out. I'm like, like they dug it out the ground. I'm like, why the hell did you give me this raggedy ass? And I told people in, in the turnpike or different places like that where you still can give cash. You know, mm-hmm. 
you know, why did you give me these this dollar and it's fucking tore up? Or this five dollar bill is fading away. And it's well what's wrong with you? Give me some better money. You're trying to pawn your bullshit off on me? And the same with a restaurant or a hotel room. I tell you. And I, I'm just gonna, you know, lead with that. Um me myself, when I go when I rent a hotel, as soon as I get done renting that hotel, I go up and I look at the room before I take anything out of the car. You know, like I make reservations and you go check in, yada, 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 boom. I'm right in the elevator right up to the room. I look around, bing, bing, boom, 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 boom. I see something crazy. Please, I'm back down at the back of the desk. <laughs> before I touch a sheet, before I touch a towel, before I put a fingerprint anywhere. I touch the remote only because you know you deserve to have what the best they have to offer for everybody mm-hmm. but people as black people they always send us into the abyss and some of us are too stupid to see that you look up and I've seen years ago in New Jersey where some of these people of another religion or another nationality would be renting these houses to black folks and I would see one person across the street move out, and the next day another person move in. You know? And the person, the landlord is just kind of like, I said, I know damn well they ain't cleaned that house in one fucking day. When I just saw the U-Haul truck for one black family, and all of a sudden there comes some other Negroes, and they just as slap happy as hell. Whether they needed somewhere to live or not, but they ain't shook it down or checked it out or whatever. And, you know, and I'm going to say Ray right to this here. You know, the one thing we got to watch here with the season change and everything now, and just normally with the summer and all, is is, is, is pests. You know? You know, get your, you know, get your little uh, your ant and roach shooter, you know, from Home Depot or whatever store. You know, the big one, they got a little spray thing on it with the hose, you know. Keep that on the ready, you know, for anything. Go around different areas of the house, around the woodwork, and just... You know, roaches, ants, you know, whatever it is you come across. If you see something, even if you see ants by your house, you see a pile of ants munching on something, man, go get that bug juice joint and hit them, hit them ants, and take that thing they're eating on and throw that in the trash. Because I tell you, ants, boy, when they come and they call their family, and you got a 100 jokers eating on a bone or whatever, somebody drop ice cream or whatever, next thing they're going to do is start crawling up your wall into your house. And once they get a hundred of them out there, now they found a leader. Now they're an army. Mm. You know? So whatever you got, mice, roach, rat, whatever whatever you see, don't don't take it for granted. Don't say I'm gonna get it when I come back from the store. Mm. Oh, when I come back later, I'm gonna put out some traps. You better do that shit now. The minute you see it, make it happen, you know? Mm. It's a lot of other stuff, you know, grass, windows locks, you know, and even with your car, you know, basic stuff, tires and all that jazz. Like, the more you drive local on your car, you're always going to burn out antifreeze, front brakes, and another important thing in your car you got to make sure you keep right is that washer fluid for the windshields. That's very important. You got to keep some of that in the system, you know, because you never know you're going to need that washer fluid. 
you know, and your windshield wipers. If you got streaks in your window and all that, because you get a rainstorm, you're going to see just how bad the fucking windshield wipers are. So don't take them for granted. If your window ain't being cleaned by your windshield wipers and leaving a line, mm. making a noise, scraping, please. Spend that eighteen twenty dollars. Get them out of there. Go get you some fucking new windshield wipers. All right, Papa Diddy. You know. Good advice. Yeah, these are just the little things, you know. Hey. Appreciate you. All right. Ready to go to the West Coast to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's giving us all kind of life lessons. Well, you know. <laughs> check oh, your fluids, shit. check your life, check your mind. And them pests. Check your pests. I'm telling you, spray them ants, boy. Check all that crap. All right, <laughs> let's get ready for kettle. I prefer roach over ant any day, though, myself. Yeah. All right, let's go to kettle in the Hollywood wrapper. <laughs> ants in your sandwich. I don't want <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I can't handle it. Roaches are big. I can see them. Ants getting your damn sandwich. All right, let's go with Carol. Oh, anyway, um, you ready? Making my skin curl. Come on. Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. When, uh, here we go. <laughs> I got all kinds of insects. I'm my pandas too, right? Or whatever I say. Um, Wendy Williams' son, Uh-oh. he's been charging up $100,000 on her American Express card. Oh, and oh, that is why the reason that the Wells Fargo froze her account. Yep. Uh-huh. Wendy Williams' son, Kevin Hunter Jr., spent $100,000 on his mother's American Express card before Wells Fargo froze the ailing host account. Sources close to the former daytime show host exclusively revealed that Kevin ran up a huge tab on her dime in the months before Wendy's brokerage account, uh, with supposed millions of dollars were frozen in January. Man, it's been that long. The accounts are frozen. Um, claimed he spent $100,000. The source explained that the card that Kevin used was different than the card Wendy's manager. Well, really? Bernie Young had used to hire attorney Carolyn Wolf, as the U.S. Sun previously reported. Kevin was demanding that Wendy's advisors pay the bill instead of Wendy. Really? So, to me, that's a mission of guilt. <laughs> okay. Between emergency card usage and the uh, his visit to the Wells Fargo Bank in Florida with Wendy, her son and her now former attorney, LaShawn Thomas, there were several red flags ahead of the account being frozen. Wow. Okay. What else is going to go on? Yeah, I just wish they get themselves together. I mean, you know, I feel for the boy. Had a lot going on. And, you know, parents are celebrities and, hey, the father ain't shit. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, Sylvester Stallone, him and his wife of 25 years are getting a divorce. Um, but, uh, wow. She filed for disillusion of marriage and other relief from the Rocky Act. He's 76. 
And he's 54. Wow. Okay, Rocky. We got it going on. Okay. Okay. Uh, they share a daughter. Um, oh, three daughters. I'm sorry. 20, 24, and 25. Okay. Oh, he also has a he also has a son from his previous marriage as well. Um his uh, one of his sons did die in twenty twelve. Um he had a rare form of cancer. He died in twenty twelve. But oh. uh yeah. I think uh Rocky, you like some young girls. Um, this is his uh third marriage. Because I remember he did marry the um actress that was on um, one of his uh movies. Um, I can't remember her name, but she was with Flavor Flav as well. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, no comment. Rocky, get it together. Yeah, Rocky, get it together. I mean, um, also, Dr. Dre, he's working on a film about Marvin Gaye. We'll see. Wow. He is currently focused on bringing Marvin Gaye's story to the big screen. The rapper who served as a uh, producer for the 2015 um, film Straight Outta Compton which I've never seen yet, but I hear is one of the best of films, is in the early stages of bringing the film, um, according to a report by Variety. The report also notes that Dr. Dre has rights to use uh, Marvin Gaye's music as well. Uh, Numerous directors have tried to um, make the Marvin Gaye story, uh, F. Gary Gray, um, Cameron Crowe, and some others. Uh, Also, Lenny Kravitz. Wow, okay, didn't know. F, um, didn't F. Gary Gray do Boys in the Hood? Yeah. Wasn't uh-huh. that the film Yep. Two years ago, uh, Gays Estate and Barry Gordy gave their blessing to a series um, on the singer uh, that be led by Jamie Foxx. Fox signed on an executive producer of the still unnamed series, which is being developed. By none other than the past Jones Entertainment. Oh, boy. Uh, He's still involved with Gay's son, Marvin Gay III, as well, consulting on the series. Okay. Interesting. He's still making money, still taking people's money, too. That's the woman that took uh, TLC's money. I I have nothing for her. Okay. Anyway, in other news, Mariah Carey is grateful after arrest for May following the burglary of her home in Atlanta. Um, police took three men, uh, they even have their names, in connection to a crime spree in the area. Law enforcement claimed that the men are also responsible for a string of armed robberies, home evasions, and burglaries near Carey's property. Um, Carey, she purchased um, the $5.6 million home through a trust in November of 2021. The estate features a, a playground pool and tennis court. Yep. All right. Why cares? At least uh, I haven't heard from her in a while. Um, we're always hearing from uh, the ex-husband how many babies he's getting ready to have. Uh, but anyway, uh, also Chris Brown did not know he owns 14 Burger King restaurants. Okay. The R&B singer revealed that he is proud owner of 14 Bertha King restaurants. Uh, he's speaking in U.S. Weekly. Um, left the surprising news uh, slip, but didn't elaborate on the fact. He said, I, since he's been out of jail, when he got out of jail, he said he loves a good burger. He said a burger tastes 
1,000 times better when you're out. <laughs> so I guess you decided to go ahead and invest in some Burger King. I'm not mad at you. Shoot, do your thing. Oh, wait. We get it. Who was uh-huh. this again? Chris Brown. Chris Brown? Oh, oh. Chris Brown. Yep. okay. I thought you said Brian. I was like, wait, who? Okay. Chris Brown. Mm-mm. This is where you're getting his coins from. Um, okay. Also, our hometown uh, girl, Regina, she dazzles in a yellow dress at the Me Time premiere in L.A. Her co-host, Kevin Hart and Mark Wahlberg. I mean, girlfriend, she's doing the damn thing. She's in three yeah. movies. Oh, okay. Uh, um, she pulled out all the stops and she graced the L.A. red carpet premiere of the forthcoming Netflix film, Meet Time. All right. She had a yellow dress I want to see and... that other movie that she's doing with, um, what's his name Sterling from K. This K. Is Us? Yes, yeah, yeah, Sterling, Sterling K. Brown. Sterling Brown. get to that. Sterling K. Oh, Brown. Okay. In the hall and another premiere is called Haunts for Jesus. Uh, save your souls. That's a comedy. Um, yep. So she had on a nice, dazzling, sparkling uh, green outfit. Um, I was like, oh, go ahead, mama. Ain't mad at her. She yeah. rocking and rolling. Do your thing, and, girl. Um, do your thing. Do your thing. That's our hometown girl. Washington Dice State, Regina Hall. Shout out to her. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, also, yeah. Also, uh, Neo. We reported this some time ago, but he's finally getting his divorce. So, uh, uh, you know, yeah, they said he had fathered a child outside of uh, his uh, marriage. But uh, so enough of us have found out. And she said enough is enough. Time to go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She, she, I read what she said. She went in hard on him. It is what it is. She went it in is. hard. It was another divorce. Who was that other divorce? Oh, you already said that one, Sylvester yeah, Stallone. Stallone. Okay. Stallone. Um, and also, weird one, um, we might as well put it on the carpet. Um, our good friend to the show, Lynette Tichelle, you can tell us a little bit about her premiere coming up, her uh, her new movie coming up. All right. Uh, Angie's Cure. That's coming up. Okay. You can get information if you go to Angie'sCure.com. You can find out. It's a movie about a young lady who got raped at a party, I think, at college. And then as she has now become an adult, how she's still really dealing with these suppressed issues. Um, it stars Lynette Tichelle. Y'all got to check this out. The movie is premiering. It's, well, they had a premiere in L.A., I think, last month. There is another premiere happening this weekend in Miami. So if you're in Miami, pull up. It's going to be premiering in the, uh, gosh, I just forgot the name of the theater. Uh, Regal? Regal, thank you. Regal Theaters in Miami. All screens at the Regal Theater in South Beach, Miami, are going to be showing Angie's Cure. So y'all check it out. Filmed by Corey Grant. Shout out to Corey Grant and the whole team that put this project together. It's going to be off the chain. So we're, we'll let you know when the uh, when it has wider distribution where you can see it in a city near you. But check it out, angiescure.com. All right. All right. Also, uh, Alina Chanel, she's also in the movie as far as uh, soundtrack. Yes, thank you, Kettle. Lena mm-hmm. Chanel has a song 
that she's singing, you know, our the the um, voice you hear on our theme song. She has some music in this movie, so she's part of the project too. Wow. So go out and support uh, Angie's Cure, Angie's and uh, Cure. you can follow them on social media. Check them out, Angie's Cure. All right. All right. Okay. Is that it for the mm-hmm. Hollywood wrap-up, Kim? That's that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Good one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We're down to the kitchen list, Papa Dean. Mm. Let's do it. What you got? What you got for us tonight? Kiss list is everybody to show their butt, honey. Ooh, all we long. First, first, I want to put on the kiss list. This man is a. He's a whore of college football. Ooh. His name is Nick Saban. He's the coach of the Alabama team, uh, Roll Tide. Roll Tide. He just signed a contract for eight years until 2030 for $93 million. Now, this man was already making nine pounds of money. And he gets, he recruits all the biggest stars around. He got access to everybody. That's why Alabama wins, you know, mm-hmm. championships every year. And they throw him more money at him. And he's been flagged being rude and everything and racist. Oh, please. Okay. So Nick anyway, Saban. Nick Saban. Got it. Governor Abbott, your boy. Oh, my God. For sending people, busloads of people to New York and D.C., Who's driving and where are they staying? Because that ain't no overnight trip on a bus. And he ain't communicate nothing with anybody. Mm-hmm. Dropping them off. Somebody need to stop their ass when they're going through Cleveland. He's a crazy mofo. Somebody need to stop the bus when they're going through Cleveland. There you Say, go. You ain't going to New York or D.C. Turn your ass around where and y'all back going? All right, who else you got? Herschel Walker, your boy. Oh, my gosh. He was a great football player, but he's a lousy ass running for... He's an idiot. Running for Senate. Him again? Not, not Congress. Oh, he's in the news every week. Okay, here's here's this week's statement. He was asked about some particular bill that has to do with federal climate change, tax, and health care law. And he focused on the trees. And he said they're continuing to try to fool you, that they're trying to help you out, but they're not because a lot of money is going to trees. Don't we have enough trees around here? <laughs> I'm like, boy, please stop talking. Just stop. I don't even want you to win, but you are black, and you make all of us look stupid, so shut up. So that's why Herschel's on the list this week. Well, if he wasn't a running back, oh my God, the fuck he would be. All right, we got the Brinks driver that fell asleep in the Brinks truck while thieves stole 22 bags of jewels valued at $8.7 million. His partner went, they were at a truck stop, partner went in to get food, was in a little truck stop joint for like 30 minutes. This dude was sitting in the truck sleep. Thieves broke into the truck, stole 22 bags of jewels while he was asleep. I'm like, dude, you on the kitchen list because that's just unforgivable. Did he get fired? I'm assuming he got fired. It didn't say. Because right now, Brinks is in a situation with the company that the jewels belong to, that they were transporting them, and the company is saying, oh, it was $100 million. and the, 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 what do you call it, the 
not the transcript. What do you call it? The document of what you're carrying? Mm-hmm. The roster or whatever yeah. that's called. Manifest. That thing manifest. Thank you. That thing said 8.7. The the companies are saying no. That stuff was 100 million. <laughs> that's a big difference. So I'm putting the driver on the kiss list because you shouldn't have been laying in the truck sleep. Also, Arizona for passing a law to restrict the recording of police activity within eight feet. They're trying to keep people from recording what the cops are doing when you see something going down. They're saying you can't get any closer than eight feet. But then they got all these little, you know, uh, if it's this, if it's that. I'm like, see, that's why people can't follow the law because the stuff don't make sense. Also, Dr. Oz's campaign. Oh, oh my gosh. Here's another one. Mm-hmm. Dr. Oz, his can it wasn't him directly, but his campaign one of his campaign people went after that dude Fetterman. Fetterman. You know Fetterman had a stroke recently. Mm-hmm. So they went after Fetterman in a statement saying Fetterman wouldn't have had a stroke if he had ever eaten a vegetable. Yeah, they went in like, hard. How y'all gonna say that kind of stuff? No, I about think Doctor Oz has something to do with that. He might have, but I'm saying this statement came from his campaign people. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying I'm putting him and his campaign people on the kiss it list because that ain't right. The man had a stroke and he's okay now. But Federman came but back on him. Why would he even say that? That's really below the Dr. belt. Doctor Oz was talking about how much it costs to put a. a, a a medley of vegetables together if you're having a party or something. Oh, my God. So he walked in. Now, I've been up in New Jersey and Pennsylvania lately. So oh, I'm so seeing these, I'm seeing these Dr. Oz and Fetterman commercials. Dr. Oz was in the supermarket buying broccoli and celery and all that and holding all of it in his hand, <laughs> saying, due to Joe Biden, all this stuff costs $50 just for me to put together. Oh, now it's Biden's a, fault? A, no, let me just say what he said. All this stuff I got in my hand, you know, celery, tomatoes, this and that, this is going to cost me about $50 to register, thanks to Joe Biden. And all I want to do is put a spread out at my party. It's called $50 just for a vegetable spread. And then Federman came back with a commercial, and he, he picked up one of them ready-made ones uh-huh. with the, all the stuff already in the pack. Done. Already yeah. done. Uh-huh. He said, Dr. Oz, just buy one of these. <laughs> this is about $12. And he showed all the carrots. And, and broccoli, little tomatoes. All of them in the circular thing. That, oh, it yeah. was crazy. It was crazy. He said, Dr. They're off the chain. No, it was, yeah, they're, they're going at it. Fetterman and uh, Dr. Oz. It was senator. Be interesting to see senator. that one. Everybody's jumping over congressmen because Brock did. Yeah. So everybody feels well, like. That's everybody oh, we got on the list. Yeah. Is that it? All right, let me go ahead and give them their prize. Here's a prize, gift. For everybody on this week's Kiss It List, Kiss My Empire Ass. Kiss my Irish ass. You better kiss my Irish ass. This world, kiss my ass. Kiss my ass.
All right, welcome back to John Point. When he was Papa D, I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Como talibu? Ima, ima. All right, last word. Papa Didi. My last word is, like I said earlier, you know, slow down for a minute, man. Smell the roses, smell the coffee. Take your time. You know, when you get up, do what you got to do. When you pull you out the front door, look both ways first. Lots of shit going on out there today. Just look both ways when you go out the front door. Look left, look right, and then step out. I mean that sincerely. I wouldn't look up. Because they say aliens are running around. But anyway, my last word is stop trying to devalue us. If you have a job of appraising property, appraise the property, not the people. Mm. That's my last word. Or neighborhood. Over to you, Kevin. Um, well, my last word is you can catch us on Deezer, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, um, com, And, of course, you can always call us every Friday night at 9, 914-803-4306. Um, also, um, check out Angie's Cure. That premiere in Miami is this weekend. And also, um, check out our hometown girl. Regina Hall, she's off the chain this year. She got three movies going on at the same time, baby. Yes, yes, she does. Yes, she does. I'm so proud of her. Go, Lynette Tichelle. Go, Lena Chanel. (laughs) She's doing that thing. I'm so proud of these ladies. Oh, I'm sorry. I had one more thing. Uh Oh, Mm -hmm. what did I do with it? Oh, right here. Shout out. Uh, It was history-making night at the 2022 U.S. Gymnastics Championship on August 21. For the first time ever, three black gymnasts made it to the podium. First position, second position, third position. Three sisters. Hallelujah. Come on, ladies. Three sisters. Connor McLean, 17. That's her age. She was in first position. Uh, Shalice Jones was in second spot. And Jordan Childs, who was an Olympic gymnast from last Olympics, was in third spot. This is for determining who's going to be US, uh, USA Olympic. Trials and all This is the first time ever that there have been three black women on the podium at the US, um, US uh, Olympics gymnastics thing. Mm-hmm. Not Olympics, I'm sorry. The US Championship for Olympics. Right. I'm like, whoa. First time ever. Mm-hmm. Y'all better represent. So shout out to the sisters that were on the podium uh, August 21. They were doing the daggone thing. I'm so proud of them. All right. That's what's up. Um, You just reminded me. I got one more thing of history. Check this out. All black, all female American Airlines crew flies from Dallas to honor Bessie Coleman. He was the first black woman to become a pop. So in honor of the 100th right. anniversary of, of Bessie Coleman, um, she was the first black woman to earn a pilot's license. Um, American Airlines honored her. Um, her great, uh, great niece, um, she was instrumental in, um, uh, her name was G.G. Coleman. Right. She was instrumental right. in putting together. Yep. Yep. I mean, they yeah. got a whole everything. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, they look yeah, proud. Yeah. They look bad. I mean, from the baggage claim to the people flying and to the people that are serving you on the plane, all black all females. Right. Hello. <laughs> oh. From the rooter to the tutor. Look, all right. That's like what's up. Well, we gonna, 
Hey, we're going to get on out of here, y'all. We're going to do it again next Friday night. Thanks for hanging with us. Papa Didi, say goodnight, please. Good night, everybody. Cattle, say goodnight, please. Good night. And good night. We'll see you all next Friday night. Check us out on apajamaparty.com. Love you. Peace. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Dabiko, Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night, and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night. Put some of my Party cool.